This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is value. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Welcome to Equip for Life with Pastor Christopher Brooks. We're so glad to have you with us today as we continue with our celebration of 12 years of radio ministry. If you've missed the announcement, our last day of broadcasting on WLQV is Friday, June 3rd. And although this transition is not easy, we do thank God for the opportunity to be here for over 12 years in partnership with Faith Talk 1500 and having you as our audience. In fact, we want to be able to recognize you and honor and appreciate all of you who have stood by us throughout the years and supported us. So please join us on Wednesday, June 1st at 6 p.m. on the campus of Evangel Ministries for our farewell listener appreciation reception. We look forward to meeting you there. Now let's go into the sanctuary of Evangel for one of the most important messages Pastor Brooks has ever preached in his ministry, a message called Defending the Uniqueness of Christ from the series Faith Under Fire. Open up your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, we find that John, an elder, who was on the Isle of Patmos when he wrote the book of Revelation, the longing, many believe, the longest surviving apostle uh, who loved Jesus dearly, writes so much about Jesus. When you read the Gospel of John or any of the, uh, 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 the epistles of John, you find that John's focus was upon the person of Christ and understanding him correctly. It says in First uh, John chapter 5, verse number 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Underline that. Whoever believes, or another way of saying that, only those who believe that Jesus is the Christ are born of God. Is that clear? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Christ, and whoever believes that, 
shall be born of God. Next, look at 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to look at the first three verses there. And, and I love what John does here, more pastoral in protecting his readers and protecting his flock. And he writes in 1 John 4, verse number 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Oh, I need to say that again. We're living in a day and age where I'm so concerned by the church. Not a week goes by that I'm not introduced to some new doctrine, some deeper insight. You know, back in the New Testament days, there was a group called the Gnostics, and Gnostics stood for special knowledge, and these were people who always wanted to be deep and get a special deep revelation. Be careful if you find yourself wanting to be too deep. Be careful if you're constantly seeking some deep insight or some deep revelation. I'm not saying don't study the Bible. You should. I'm not saying don't study the truth. You should, and those of you who follow my ministry should, but you need to understand that that everybody that's preaching something new, something deep, and something mysterious is not of God. And we need to be able to accept the clear, plain teaching of the text. Listen, folks, God's Word is so beautiful that all we need to do is accept the clear, plain teaching, and it's enough to revolutionize our lives. And what's amazing to me are the folks who want something deep and you haven't done good with the basics yet. Why would God give you a PhD course in calculus if you haven't learned how to put two plus two together? It's not what you've learned by information, but it's what you've put into work in your life by application that proves whether or not you're ready to go to the next level or not. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, how you doing with the basics? I know you want to be deep, but how are you doing with Christianity 101? Amen? Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets, underline that, false prophets, have gone out into the world. This is how, now watch this, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come into the, in the flesh is from God. But every spirit, now this is where it gets tough, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Now watch this, this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now, is already in the world. Last week, I began uh, to go deeper in my series called Faith Under Fire, and in particular, I began to prepare you on how to defend your faith against some of the more common attacks or criticisms you will encounter as you begin to engage the world around the thought of Christianity. Now, we started with the first teaching or the first area that you must learn how to defend, and that is the reliability of the Bible. It's so important that you have a strong foundation in the fact that this is a divine book, it is the Word of God, it is real reliable, and it can be trusted. Why is it so important that we understand how to defend the reliability of the Bible? Well, as I explained to you last week, it's because the Bible is the primary source and the foundation for where we find the truths of our faith. Where do we find what we believe about God? It's in the Bible. Where do we find what we believe about Jesus or about how we should live our lives? It's in the Bible. The entire Christian worldview is shaped off of the Bible. And I want to get my members to understand that your answers for life should be found in the Bible. And every argument that we will argue from here on out, we're going to find biblical support for that. So we started with the Bible. But today I want to go on to the second area that you must know how to defend, and that is, write this down, the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. 
You have to know how to defend the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. You search all of human history, and you will not find a more unique person than that of Jesus Christ. There's a reason why we worship this carpenter from Nazareth, this carpenter from Galilee. Somebody may ask you, why would you spend so much time worshiping an ancient Jewish carpenter? It was because he was more than a carpenter. How many know that? How many know that he was more than just a man? How many know that there's nobody like him? The Bible declares that he was the Christ. And so that's why we worship him. And Christians, we're living in an hour where the uniqueness of Christ has been so blurred, so misunderstood, and and quite honestly has not been preserved within our local church because we don't preach on Jesus like the old saints used to preach on Jesus. We preach on everything else, how to get a promotion on your job, how to make your marriage work, how to make sure you are the best you you can be. And some of these things have their place, but we have to be careful not to get too far away from Christ. I love what Paul says. Paul says, we preach Christ and Christ crucified. His message was simple, and it led people to salvation. Amen? And so I want to spend the next couple of weeks doing an inductive study into what the Bible teaches us about Jesus. Now, today is going to be a little bit different because today what I really want to do is to train you on how to deal with the criticisms you'll hear, the most common criticisms you'll encounter when you begin to talk to people about Jesus. How many know this is important, amen? Jesus Christ, by all accounts, write this down, Jesus Christ, by all accounts, is the most influential figure in all of human history. No doubt about it. Nobody even comes close. He is second to none. There is nobody that has affected human history with the magnitude and the impact that Jesus has affected human history. Nobody has affected the world over more than Jesus has. Time itself is literally established and defined based upon his life and death. That's where we get B.C. and A.D. So you see the effect that Jesus had is totally influencing everything we know. Entire culture. Cultures, laws, and governments have been established upon his teachings and his wisdom. Most of what we know about government, about laws, about civic life has been rooted deeply into his teachings and morality. You find that so often people don't even realize that the very uh, demarcation for what is right and for what is wrong comes from his teaching. Why do we consider lying to be wrong? Why do we consider deception to be wrong? Why do we consider taking the life of another to be wrong? It's because of the teachings of Scripture and, more importantly, the teachings of the Bible. That's why it's amazing to me for somebody who is an atheist or don't believe in God to practice his teachings but deny who he is. You can't steal from him and deny him at the same time. Amen? Jesus is not only the, uh, the, the one who establishes and shapes cultures throughout human history, but here's the most important thing. More important than every other fact that I just take, uh, told you is the biblical proclamation that Jesus is the only way by which a man can experience salvation. Write that down, because that is where the rubber meets the road. What makes Jesus so much of a conversation topic? What makes Jesus so much of somebody who is uh, very much in the midst of culture, even 2,000 years later, is because the Bible proclaims not that he is one among many gods, not that he is one among many roads to salvation, but if you are going to be a true believer, if you're going to be a true follower of Christ, you can't say Christ and. Did you hear what I just said? It's not Christ and another guy. How many know it's Christ and Christ alone? How many know that it's Jesus 
and Jesus alone. Besides him, there is no other. He is the only way by which a man can be saved. It is this teaching, the teaching that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ. The teaching that Jesus of Nazareth was the Son of God. The teaching of, that Jesus of Nazareth was crucified, died for the sins of humanity, rose again, and that there is salvation found in none other. This is a teaching that makes Jesus such a lightning rod. Make no mistake about it, saints. You got to understand what you're getting into. Jesus is, write this down, Jesus is controversial. Jesus is divisive. Jesus is exclusive. And above all, Jesus is not politically correct. So those of us who try to hold on to Jesus and still be politically correct are going to find we're going to have to let go of one or the other. Which one is more important to you to be socially accepted or to be a true follower of Jesus? Because we want to have both, but Jesus didn't have both. You begin to to preach and teach the real Jesus, you're going to be persecuted like saints of old. Some folks aren't going to like you. How many have a hard time with people not liking you? How many have a hard time with that? Turn to your neighbor and say, get over it. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, get over it. You're going to have a whole lot of folks that don't like you. I got more people that don't like me than I can even know. Amen? And the more I preach about this person, this Jewish carpenter, the more I preach about Jesus of Nazareth, the more people don't like me. And here's what people don't mind, again, as long as you talk about God. Some people don't even uh, mind if you talk about Jesus, as long as you say Jesus is on the same level as Muhammad, Jesus is on the same level as Buddha, Jesus is on the same level as every other God that's come. But when you begin to say that what the Bible proclaims about him, that Jesus is the only way, Everybody say the only way. Somebody say the only way. Now you start making enemies and people don't like you. And we need to understand that this is, this is par for the course. If you and I, and I'm about to make a very important point that I don't want you to miss. If you and I are going to be effective witnesses for the kingdom, we cannot just preach morality. We have to preach Jesus. Okay, I don't want you to miss what I just said. If you and I are going to be effective witnesses for the kingdom, we cannot just preach a message of morality. We have to preach who? We have to preach who? Jesus. We have to preach that men need Jesus. Why is that so important in this generation? It's because the greatest lie that the enemy has sold to this generation is that the the way to salvation is goodness. The way to salvation is being good. You ask the average person, are you going to heaven? They're going to say, they're going to say what? You ask the average person, Am I, are you going to heaven? They're going to say, yes. And you ask them, how do you know or on what basis? And they're going to say what? Because I am what? A good person. Now, but what does the Bible proclaim? What does Jesus proclaim? See, here's the problem. A lot of us have been tricked into thinking because we believe that goodness is the way to salvation. We've been tricked into thinking that the gospel is just for the immoral. A lot of us think that the gospel is just for those folks getting high, getting drunk, womanizing. But how many know that the gospel is not just for the immoral, that morality is not the issue, lostness is the issue? Did you hear what I just said? So that means that The immoral need Jesus, but even the moral need Jesus. Amen? You meet certain groups, religious groups, they are highly moral. You begin to study things like Buddhism, and you'll find that Buddhists are are monks, are, are very moral. 
But here's the issue. It's not morality versus immorality. It's lostness. And that's why without Jesus, Mother Teresa is just as lost as Hitler is without Jesus. That's why without Jesus, you and I are just as lost as Charles Manson is without Jesus. I don't care how morally good you think you are. The issue is not goodness. It is Jesus. When you stand before God, you're not going to be able to say, well, I helped old ladies across the street. You're not going to be able to say, well, at least I didn't kill nobody. You're not going to be able to say, well, I was a pretty nice person. No, what God is going to ask you is, did you put your faith in my son, Jesus Christ? And there's going to be some pretty questionable characters that get in, not because they were moral, but because they believed in Jesus. Oh, you got to understand that. Now, I'm not saying be immoral. Turn to your neighbor and say he's not saying sin. I'm not saying go act the fool because if you wear the jersey, represent the name. But understand what I am saying. What I am saying is this, is that just because somebody's good don't mean they don't need the gospel. We got to stop picking and choosing who we preach to. We must preach to every creature under heaven. We must let everyone know that there is one way to salvation and his name is Jesus. So the issue of salvation is not one of morality, but one of lostness. This is why Jesus proclaims to the world that the only way that men and women can be freed from the penalty and the power of sin is by believing him. Now, for some, that's too complicated. For others, it's too cheap. Some argue that how, how am I supposed to believe in him when I didn't see him? Others are, supposed, are, are arguing, well, there has to be more. But Jesus put it very simple, very plain. If you put your faith and trust in me, those who believe upon the Lord shall be saved. Now, Satan understands this, and that's why he continuously tries to influence the hearts and minds of men throughout every generation not to believe Jesus. And what our responsibility is as his witnesses is to proclaim the real Jesus. Everybody say the real Jesus. We have to proclaim uh, the real Jesus to a generation that has an anti-Jesus spirit. We are living in a generation that has an anti-Jesus spirit. Lies, propaganda, and deception about Jesus is circulating and inundating our culture. And we have to stand up and be able to proclaim in the face of all the lies, all the intellects who deceive the masses. We have to be able to stand up and say, this is who the real Jesus is. What the world needs is somebody who's going to be a witness to the real Jesus. The world needs somebody who's going to stand up and say that the lies and the propaganda and you heard are just distortions that have been sent by the spirit of antichrist. Some folks got an antichrist spirit. And let me explain something to you. Antichrist comes to church sometimes. The antichrist enjoys a good religious ceremony sometimes. Now here is what the goal that John tells us, the apostle John tells us, and this, wait, let me say this. This is why it's so important, because what John tells us is that the antichrist is not just a figure or a person that we're looking to see come in some future prophetic moment, but he says the spirit of the antichrist is already in the earth, and I'm going to take it further, the spirit of the antichrist is already in the church. And what the Antichrist does is whisper in the ears of some very gifted and eloquent speakers and says, preach everything but Jesus. 
preach everything but Jesus. I would not go to a church that I didn't hear Jesus preached about. You better hear the cross, that old rugged cross. You better hear about the Savior who bled for your sins. You better hear about a resurrected Lord. You better hear about the nail-scarred hands and the and 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 crown of thorns. You better hear about Jesus. Amen? So what is the spirit of the Antichrist? Some individuals within this church have it. The spirit of the Antichrist is anyone who comes to distort man's understanding of Jesus, the person of Jesus, thereby leading them away from the faith. This is real stuff. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't fall asleep today. I have seen good saints. I have seen good saints misled. How many have ever seen a good person that you thought couldn't be deceived? Turn to your neighbor and say, you too can be deceived. Especially if you're running after something to be deep. Don't be a modern day Gnostic. Don't just run after stuff just because it's catchy, it's flashy. I go to the bookstore frequently, and there's constantly new books coming out that supposedly have some new revelation. You stick with the stuff that is clear, that has been passed out. Jude said, Jude said that we must contend for the faith which has been earnestly passed down to us from generation to generation. So it's better for you to study the history of the faith than for you to look for some new wave revelation. I'm trying to protect your soul because the spirit of Antichrist is in the world and it's even crept into the church and some of you not knowing the enemy is using you, are distorting the way people see Jesus and putting in jeopardy people's salvation. Somebody needs to understand what I'm saying today. We must understand that there are several images or opinions about Jesus that the world or the spirit of Antichrist is propagating through men. Basic men on the street corner, intelligent men in the classroom, women on your job, you're going to find that everybody has an opinion about Jesus. Here's what I love about Jesus. Love him or hate him, you got to deal with him. Amen. Some people love him. A lot of people hate him. Nobody can ignore him. You got to deal with this Jesus because your eternal security depends on it. So the next time you engage in conversation, just ask somebody, what do you think about Jesus? How many know everybody has an opinion about Jesus? Amen. Now, I want to train you in the moments that I have left on the top three objections you're going to find when you begin to talk about Jesus. Top three objections you're going to find when you begin to talk about Jesus. And more importantly, what I want to do is teach you how do you rebut these things? How do you refutiate them? How do you respond to the top three objections that you're going to get about Jesus? Objection number one. Now, this is, this is important. Write this down. When you begin to engage people about Jesus, the first objection that you'll commonly hear amongst men, people will try to claim that Jesus never existed. Has anybody ever heard somebody try to argue that? There are going to be those who argue that Jesus doesn't exist. And as crazy as this concept is, it is amazing that people will still try to argue that Jesus is not a historical figure. Now, where did this belief come from? This belief surfaced in the late 1700s, early 1800s, during a time of human history known as the Enlightenment Age. Write that down, the Enlightenment Age. This is right after the Reformation and people began to question everything that was traditional, everything that was institutional, everything that was orthodox, which means to be traditional uh, belief systems. Everything began, everyone began to question that during this generation. Men like uh, G.S. 
G.H. Lessing, uh, you might want to write that name down, G.H. Lessing or Albert Schweitzer, these men begin to propagate this type of thought that maybe Jesus was not a historical figure. Maybe he didn't live, live at all, or if he did live, maybe he's not the Christ of faith that everybody's worshiping. Maybe he's been overhyped, and these people have, be, have begun to teach this. And what's amazing is all those strong, sound historical evidence has just about totally wiped this out. There are still some radical people who would much rather believe way out weird skeptical comments about Jesus than sound historically reliable information. There are still some people who hold on to this thought that maybe Jesus never really walked the earth or maybe he never really lived. As wild out as this is, I want to give you two responses to it. The first response that you need to give when you're, when you're facing somebody who says that Jesus didn't live is this, is that if any other figure in human history had as much historical data preserved about their life as Jesus does, we wouldn't dare question their existence. If any other person in all of human history had as much historical data preserved down through the years, painstakingly detailed preservation down through the years, no way we would question them. How much information do we have on Jesus? Well, number one, we got four very reliable biographies on Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are biographies on the life of Jesus, and these are not just contrary to popular thought and even Christian thought. These are not just religious books. See, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't just record the religious teachings of Jesus, did they? No, they went far further, and they recorded historical facts and details about his life because they wanted to make sure, this is so important, that people didn't just believe in the concept of Jesus, but they believed in the real person of Jesus. We have to stop the message right here. But we hope you'll return for the completion of Defending the Uniqueness of Christ from the series Faith Under Fire. We also hope you are considering attending on Wednesday, June 1st, our farewell listener appreciation reception at 6 p.m. on the campus of Evangel Ministries. If you'd like more information, call 313-836-7732. That's 313 836 7732. We look forward to seeing you there. Well, until next time, remember to stay equipped to live, share, and defend your faith. Thank you for listening to the Equip for Life broadcast, which is sponsored by Evangel Ministries and faithful ministry partners like you. If you would like to learn more about our partnership opportunities or get a copy of any of these powerful messages, please go to our website at www.equipforlife.tv. We also invite you to visit us at Evangel for one of our dynamic Sunday worship services at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. You may contact our church office at 313-836-7732 for more details.